This is Open Mike Eagle. Welcome to Secret Skin. Um, in news you guys probably heard last week, the show is now going weekly. That's that's weekly, as in once a week, and not the opposite of strong. It's going very well. Going very well, pretty well. I try to say very and pretty at the same time, and that never works. Uh, but because it's going weekly, I'm gonna have to get kind of creative about how I do my intros. I can't rest on my laurels. So uh, what we're doing now. Uh, as we're driving to uh, San Diego for a show so I have to record my intro while we're driving because the show has to go up tomorrow and I didn't do it last night because I forgot um, but I'm here with my good buddy and, and, and current traveling rap partner and a Kavanaugh co-group member Serengeti Dave say hi Dave hey secret skin people they're known as Scandinavians, okay, or principal skinners. All right. Skinter planetary travel devices is one I came up with last week. All right. Uh, Skitter National Lampoon holiday vacationers. All right. Whatever you might, you, you got any? Um, skinned alive. Skinned alive. Nah, that's, that's, not that's right. very mean. <laughs> why? Why you? Why you? Why do you want to yeah. hurt people, David? Yeah. No. 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 I'm just trying to think. Um, yeah, I put you on the spot. Yeah. But I'll be doing that quite right. a little bit. It happens. We're uh we're on a tour. You know we never gave the tour a name. The prison, the presentationers. Presentationers or the presents. The presents or all like Christmas. No, the presents like a poltergeist. Oh, yeah. So like a haunting. Yeah. I did haunt when we were in Tucson. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely felt like I was haunting the hotel. I had heard that the hotel Congress that we stayed at was haunted. Yeah. Um. I didn't find it to be haunted adequately, so I started haunting it when we got there. Okay. It was a pretty good time. Yeah, it was very loud, the room. It was. I had a room um, directly above a disco. Mm -hmm. So um, with every EDM thump that was happening, I found my, my bed shaking around, sort of like Poltergeist situation. There you go. But it was haunted by bass. Yeah. Bass in your face. Yep. Sure, sure. My my favorite was Phoenix. My favorite was Phoenix too. Phoenix uh -huh. certainly took the crown, in my opinion. Sure. Yeah. Um. Um. Well, one thing I can say for sure that that excites me every time I think about it, and I didn't realize this until about the third or fourth show when you mentioned it. Yep. We do our entire album that we just made and put out together. Yeah. All time and materials. We do the entire album every night. Yeah. And I think that is so sexy of a thing to say. Yeah. You know, uh, I always wanted to do something like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But we are doing it now. So, we yeah, we're something. Doing it. We're doing it. A little Yo. sexier sounding than it actually is. <laughs> we made nine songs. We do nine songs. <laughs> That's right. That's right. There's, uh, no, there's no room for set list no changes. Room. We do it in the exact order it comes exact on order. the album. There it is. You know, it's just us doing it live. The same way that we recorded it. Yep. Song after song. Uh -huh. Same same like that movie, Nine Songs. A, a Netflix favorite for many people. Uh, uh, Probably many of your skin Scandinavians out I, there. I would think so. Mm -hmm. I would think so. Sure thing. Sure thing. Uh, sure we were, thing. Uh, on this, this leg, we were with uh, Doc Ellingsworth. Yeah. And we were with uh, Mousy McGlynn, who's in the van with us now. But I don't have a microphone for you, so you can't say anything. You want to yell something? What's up, everyone? Hello. That's her. She has a fake Irish accent yeah. that she uh, that she commits to every day. It's really it's it's really genius. Yeah. This is uh, this great act she has because she's really a Russian spy. 
but the uh, center. Mm-hmm. But we figured her out, and we take her along anyway, just because we think it's fun. We got nothing better to do than that. Uh, yeah. Plus, she's super talented though. She's a great singer, and producer. She's honed these uh, these skills over the over the years in order to penetrate deeper into the <laughs> Los Angeles underground music. I don't know who her target is. Yeah. But she's getting close. Mm-hmm. It's probably Flying Lotus or somebody left. <laughs> flying. It's probably. Flying. <laughs> yeah. Strange. It's been it's been uh, fairly fun and. Um, it's a weird, weird thing that you do your your push-ups in in the bathroom. I know, I, I know it's weird, but it's just you know it's like a it's a compulsion. It's just so weird. I know. Like right by the trough. Right, right. All that tile. My preferred place is directly beneath the urinal. Why? It's so it, strange. I don't know. It's just like it's just like when I go up, like the up position, like yeah. the back of my head touches the bottom pipe, and it's just like the perfect push-up distance. There's no there's no guesswork. Oh, needed. so you know like how far you want to go down? Exactly. I want to go that many inches. But your face on the tile, the tile is so... My face doesn't touch the tile, man. Yeah. It hovers right there. Like, I don't know. Do you do, you put your face on the floor when you do push-ups? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't, I don't do that. Sure. To me, that's way grosser that you put your face on on the floor. It's, it's weird that you ask where the bathroom is and then... Well, how am I supposed to know where the bathroom (laughs) is if I don't ask where it is? It's just strange, man. You're so judgmental. Um... Other than that, uh, and and uh, uh, what if I said to you the Cosby Show? I would say Golden Girls. Then uh, I would say Benson. I say um, uh, Growing Pains. I would say Soap. Soap is not really one. Then I'd say The Wonder Years. Yeah. Family Ties. The Office. Maud. The John Larroquette Show. Three's Company. Night Court. Different World. Uh, Family Matters. Cosby. I already said the Cosby Show. Cosby. Ah, see another one. You're one, right. Two. Uh, you're coming up to it. You're coming up to it. And I and and I, and I won. You, you, know? you won. I tried to try to set it on you. <laughs> <laughs> so that so that's another victory. That is well. Um, that's been my podcast intro. That's uh, Serengeti David. Yo. We're on the road. We're driving to San Diego. That was Mousy yelling in a fake Irish accent in the back. Um, She's like waving and nodding her head furiously as if to say that it really is her accent. But yeah. we know. Say what? They're going to deport me. You got to be careful. You should get deported in here faking Irish accents. Yeah. You don't deserve to be here. She just picked it up from the whole Conor McGregor stuff, too. Exactly. Like all of a sudden. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And Ma- there's and it's also no coincidence that Mousy rhymes with Rousey. Yeah. No coincidence there either. Um, on this episode of the podcast. I have an interview with uh, John Robinson. Wow. One of yeah. my personal favorites. Yeah, he's dope, right? Um, you being as big of a, a Doom fan as I, um, it was a special treat to get to talk to John Robinson, who's yeah. super MC in his own right, but I know him through a lot of his work with Doom and with Sciences of Life. Yep. And uh, so I got to talk to him about that stuff, about coming up in uh, Jersey and being around New York around like the Lyricist Lounge times and oh, all of that. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, and even got into like some of his spiritual beliefs, oh. uh, which are pretty interesting too. Sounds like a good one. Yeah, yeah, I'll play it for you if you like. I'd love to hear it. Okay, cool. Well, thank you, David. Thank you. Um, I guess that's it. Uh, perhaps perhaps we can do one of these things. You know what I'm saying? You got all these people on. And whenever like you, chop, whenever chop you like. I don't know. I just, I, get, I always felt like you didn't want to. Honestly, I felt like Kavanaugh got made because every time uh, I wanted to link up with you to do a podcast, we ended up making songs instead. Yeah. Because I didn't feel like you really wanted to. Okay. Yeah. 
So you do really want to? Yeah, sure. Okay, thing. great. Fantastic. Yeah. It's sure good to thing. know. Word. All right. Well, this is the Secret Radio Hour. Goodbye. Enjoy. Yeah, you uh, you doing all right in this heat wave out here, man? Yo, man, it's good, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's good. I feel like when you're in heat waves like this on this side of the country, it kind of prepares you for that Africa hot. You know? <laughs> for real, like semi, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Because this is nothing. Like You've touched the continent, so yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've you know? been out like, there? Yeah. Okay. And this is not, I feel like this yeah, there's no comparison. So. Yeah, that's real. Yeah, that's real. Nah, it's all relative, it though. You just get used to something, and then when it spikes, you're like, "Oh my yeah. god, I feel like I'm gonna die." On uh, the Someday record, uh, I think it's a record you got with Kwali and some other cats, yeah. Torre, I think yeah. is on there. In your verse, you say, out getting paper with sweat equity. And that really kind of jumped out at me. Um, do you feel like there's sweat equity in hip-hop? I feel like hip-hop was created and built off sweat equity. Yeah. Definitely. And the reason I say that is because when I build with people like Lord Finesse, AG, and, you know, just peeps from that era who were, like, literally right after the pioneers. Right. And they say, yo, we weren't thinking about money when we were first doing this, you know? And I feel like all of us who got into it in a genuine way weren't either, you mm-hmm. know? So it was a thing where that statement comes from asking questions to people in A-likes and, you know, I ask you the question. I, I know what an A-like is, but explain what an A-like is. An A-like is... Well, there's two sides of an A-like. I feel like you could have a spiritual A-like, someone who is on the same wavelength as you spiritually, someone who's attracted to the same things to nurture your inner self. That's a spiritual A-like. A physical A-like, in my opinion, is someone who has the same interest and vibes in this physical realm. Your brothers, you know, music creates a lot of A-likes. So I have A-likes all around the Cause, planet. Because you, you put out a frequency and then people attract exactly. to the same frequency. Exactly. Word up. So those could be your A-likes as well. And not to say they're exactly like you, but right. you're on that wavelength. You think the same things, you like the same things, you're attracted to the same things, you're exposed to the same things. You'll show up at the same things outside of music right those are your a likes you yeah. know but to me the term sweat equity and maybe it might be the thing where i'm i'm my own understanding of the term is is, is different or skewed but i think about it in terms of like a company you're invested in or something no right? doubt and it's sweat equity so you may not have put uh every dollar you had into it but you worked enough so that the t- when the when the benefits start coming you reap some of the Absolutely. benefit and and i wonder like in rap i feel like that don't that that ratio is off in some way. It is because a lot of people don't understand it, uh-huh. you know, or I would even say overstand it. And what what it is about that is everyone doesn't feel or is confident enough to invest in themselves even. Right. You know, ever. So people don't usually understand all the time. 
To make it happen, you can't be fearful of investing in yourself. Sweat equity is investing in yourself because right. it lets you know that sometimes you have to do things with your knowledge and your influence to get that next mm. move going. So my position and role in doing this a lot of times, even entering companies, haven't always been I'm putting the most bread on the table. Right. But it has been, oh, wow. OK, so you've seen how to do this, this, this and that. You know how it works we need that and we need this and you're connected to that. So your influence, your network, your knowledge, that's the sweat equity right. I would use in a lot of the scenarios still to this day. We do you, you feel like you get a benefit commensurate with the work that you've put in Say that one more time. Do you feel like you get a benefit that that's commiserate? Like it's it's uh, you know that it's like the ratio is correct of the benefits you get and the work that you've put in. Um, you know what? I feel like to be determined. You know, and the reason I say that, I've, I have a lot of peeps that I build with, you know, just on a day to day basis, and one of my peeps hit me he does music and you know he's been doing music for a very long time and he said something to me because we were having a conversation i was like yeah you know well i'm making moves right now but i'm gonna definitely get to that point where i could actually start really really helping cats make it happen and right. he was like yo gee right now if i had a third of the props you got with your music i would feel like a king mm. you know and when he said that it hit me and immediately made me humble myself and say yo embrace your journey so a lot of the times you forget how much of a blessing it is to do this absolutely so to really go back on that question i would say yes okay it has more than balanced out just because of the experience alone right you know that's priceless you can't wow. put a price tag on it so, so you started out or at least in terms of when i became aware of you it was as little side science of life yeah uh and now the output is under john robinson Absolutely. Is there a difference in how you approach music under those two names? Um, there is a difference. Um, the main difference is terminology, mm -hmm. you know, overall. Like Science of Life is definitely much more um, advanced mental, for lack of a better expression, I would say. Much more complex. Okay. You know, um, John Robinson takes that complexity and puts it in layman's terms so it's more of a universal message. Okay. But it's still grounded in the same root. So instead of saying, you know, things like Miss Nuwapian, I would say there she goes. Okay. You know what I'm saying? It's the same thing. But it's just breaking it down for the cats who may not be up on that terminology. Right. So it's like, here you go. This is the same science, but I put the jewels and gems in the thought of it rather than in the text right. straight up. So that would be the difference. Little Sai is literally actually talking about, you know, 
the sacred the uh, secret wisdom of Tahuti. Okay. You know what I'm saying? But John Robinson is talking about the law of attraction. Word up. The science and science of life, like, was it based on any particular sort of uh, spirituality or was it, what was um, it based on? It's based on a journey. It's based on a, a journey of studying things like the 5% Nation, Word the up. Nation of Islam, more science, you know, reading books uh, with Sheikh Dawood, um, Dusali, okay. you know, Malachi Z. York, Word up. and the Nuwabian Nation of Moors. Holy Tabernacle Ministry. So it's really a journey. Like I learned young that the journey's vast and the information is so widespread. You'll be a fool to think you can grasp it all in this one short lifespan. Absolutely. So it's really about gaining as much as possible, taking the best part for your journey to sweeten your journey and better your path, you know, because it's like the more knowledge and resources you have, the easier you can move. So... in my life that's really what it's about and even with john robinson it's really like me saying now i share it with who I want to share it with. I'm not wearing it on my sleeve Word. on purpose. Why is you that? You know what I'm saying? Just because I've had I've had scenarios. Like I'm from the era in hip hop where it was like right between the independent was right between the mainstream and underground. Right. You know, literally where there were still big magazines interested in writing about it all the time on a lot of different levels of it. There was still media interested in it. And I've had too many scenarios of that, especially being attached to, you know, certain things that come up in the news media, et cetera, and that right. being the forefront of the music conversation. Huh. And it made me say, you know what? I'm going to split it and make it different just like this. And, you know, I'm also going to, create a scenario that's just so universal and widespread that everything I want to exist within it can easily. And, um, it's not in a box. In, in your journey so far and all the, the, the different uh, things that you've studied, what's the closest thing you could come up to being like an ultimate jewel, like something that's like a crystalline version of like some of the most important things you've learned? Yeah. Um... There's a lot, man. There's a lot. Where? But there's a quote. Um, one of the quotes that I move with is, mind your mind for the jewels of your soul. Mm. And, you know, mind, M-I-N-E, your M-I-N-D for the jewels of your soul. And, you know, it speaks about, to me, it speaks more about just really getting in tune with your intangible self. Okay. You know, stop being so physical because we've witnessed, experienced enough of life to realize that the physical side of life is temporary, definitely. We right. all know that. We've been here long enough to 
easily understand that. But we all don't fully know about the spiritual side of life, but we know it exists. And we also know that energy doesn't die and things on that realm. Right. You can't just pull the plug out and it's over, you know? So in knowing that within our reasoning and experience, it's like, it means take time to feed that part too, mm -hmm. you know? Like feed your inner self. We feed our physical selves with all of this um, tangible thing, all these tangible things, but we never feed our inner or our spiritual self as much. So that's really what that meant for me. And that's what I do my best to do as much as possible where it's being open Word up. and feeding that side as well. Was a, Is there an actual technique or something that you use to consciously mine your mind? Yes. Um, there's a few. I would say one thing that I do, and it's not even a direct technique towards minding your mind, but I'll share it. It's, um, it's a meditation technique that I learned and it's, I guess you would call it like a psychic self-defense technique. Okay. So if you're in a place where you know, I'm not feeling good, I'm not feeling grounded, I'm kind of like all over the place, I need to, you know, I need to go back. It's Usually you feel like that when you're about to make a decision that's kind of crazy or something just happened. That's when you're supposed to be still, sit down. And if you practice this enough, it literally becomes a thing that can work immediately. But you think about any object, you color that object, and that is the thing that you have in your mind as you're sitting still. And you do your best to think of either absolutely nothing or think of the most positive thoughts you can think of with this object and color in mind. You do that enough, eventually it becomes a time where you can just sit still pull up that object mentally and it puts you in that space okay you know so not to not and not to get too personal was that something you do like every day you practice that i don't do that every day okay. at one point i did i would say keeping it 100 percent twice a week okay you know just to keep that going but yeah i don't do that every day I do strive to meditate at least 20 minutes a day. Though. Word up. Yeah. But you do different kinds of meditations. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Right. And sometimes it's to music, you know, sometimes it's to jazz. Right. Like, yeah. But I feel like with meditation, if you can't give yourself at least 15, 20 minutes a day, then you probably need three hours. Right. You know? like, for real. Because it's like, come on, it's 20 minutes. So I do my best to stay on that it doesn't happen every single day all the time like it didn't happen this morning okay but yeah. i got a plane later so you know word it up. could happen then word up. word up so yeah okay um jazz is important to you uh you can tell in everything you know like in in your music and no the things that are written about you like it's it's um it's very apparent that jazz is an important music to you has sampling laws affected the kind of music that you make um all praises do no were beautiful yeah you know i've i've it's a funny rule man um yeah how, what's your take on it my funny rule has been if uh if doom and mad lib are not in jail then i'm sure <laughs> <you know? laughs> like straight up because yeah i feel like you know the music is a bit under the radar 
you know, in that sense, Word. I feel so far. Like, usually these days, if you're getting bothered for samples, you're making a stupid amount of money, Okay. you know, with a particular tune that's really, you know, circling through. And it was at a time, a lot of that music we're talking about, this is before the internet was right. as sophisticated as it is. For sure. So a lot of that kind of went under the radar. Good. It really did. Um, but you don't really, you don't necessarily think twice about it if you want to make a beat. Or, I, mean, you know I mean, I do. You know what? I do just because, shoot, my last, my last two records are, you know, either 90% no samples right. or... 75 percent no sense right and that's what i wonder like because i hear the sound changing you know yeah. what i mean like it's more it's more of a progressive kind of sound now but i know the jazz is like jazz like lives in your heart and i wonder oh, yeah. like no you doubt. know no as the sampling kind of so i would say now that a little bit it's it's great that you're asking this question because literally i was driving around yesterday thinking about this um because i've been making beats yeah. for a very long time but i haven't really played joints right you know so now i'm getting more into playing joints i've been doing like a lot of sp404 sets at my shows like just getting into it more recent and i said to myself you know what with the jazz especially because i have so much of it i'm gonna just sample whatever i want and maybe that music i won't formally release you know i feel you these days right just kind of let it be informal promotion type promotion style stuff so I can still have fun with it because right. I do love jazz and there is eras of jazz, particularly that Science of Life always loved to sample. So it's like, yeah, we kind of want to stay in that realm, too. On the joint uh, Touch Em off of, uh, what's, uh, what's the record the, is that? I Am Not For Sale. I Am Not For Sale, yeah. right. Uh, you say hip hop's not dead, it's just gotten tremendous big. Hip hop's not dead, it's just gotten tremendous big. But it's being caressed by the wrong palms, corrupting my sacred songs like Psalms. Don't be alarmed, we the leaders of the new. With channeled information, being instructed with the doom. Boundless insight, brightening in your view. Your soul get touched forever, keep the music true. True, true. Hip-hop's not dead, it's just gotten tremendous big. That means it's gotten so big that it has, I mean, there's multitudes of uh, ways to express what hip-hop is today. Like, uh -huh. unfortunately, but it's real. Like, I can ask an elder right now to describe hip-hop and then i can ask someone like you to describe hip-hop right and it would be two totally Completely different, different descriptions so what that means to me is yo it's not dead it's just so big that everyone doesn't understand what it really is but Straight what up. is there something that feels dead about it that even brings about that kind of thought like something that feels at the time it was hip-hop is dead oh, just that, that was yeah so that's that really just going through the a stamp of that time so me saying that lets the hip-hop aficionado know that oh that's around the time Nas hip-hop is dead campaign okay. was going on okay. and everyone was talking about that what Nas was saying was hip-hop is dead because the founding fathers of the music who still walk and talk and are right here have no say so of the culture right. overall right and that's why he felt it was dead you know what I'm saying? But 
Yeah, I feel like, in my opinion, it's not dead just because there's people that I know personally who move around the planet and control and live their dreams every right. day. You know, so it's like, to me, no, it's not dead. Right. I'm in Los Angeles kicking it right now. Yeah. Right here with Open Mike Eagle because of hip hop. Right. You know? Word up. So it's living. Um, so like I said, the first time I heard you, it was on the outside of the lounge joint, uh, on Lyricist Lounge. No doubt. As Peace to Lyricist side. Lounge, definitely. Um, what was that scene like then? Lyricist Lounge scene. Yo, the scene was ill. Um, in New York. Let me, I want to preface that for yeah, the people listening to it. That was in New York. The scene was ill. I mean, I was a youngster, but it's ill. I, I for whatever reason, had in my heart that, yo, for me to be a part of this thing, I got to just be there. Right. I got to be in the, like, for in real. I got to be yeah. in the mix. That, that was like the number one rule then. It was like, even if you weren't doing anything, for you to even be a part of this ever, you got to be there. Right. If you weren't there, how are you a part? Right. You know? <laughs> so it was like that just resonated with me because at the time I was living in New Jersey. Right. You know, how long was the trip for you to get into like the city or whatever what was happening? Uh, like a little under an hour. Okay. You know, so let's think, let's say... If we're going from Long Beach to Venice, okay. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, straight up. It would be like that. But, you know, Jersey was driving culture. So as soon as I turned 17, I had my driver's license. So you was there. You was yeah, out. 18, I was in New York City. Every show did that you I was ever, Did you get down happen. with a lot of the cats uh, in Jersey? Like, I'm, a, I'm just going to throw some names out of people no I know is out there. Outsiders is out there. Okay. Uh, yes. Yeah, well, uh, Pace One. Yeah. I definitely linked with Pace. Word. Outsiders were a little before us. Okay. So we didn't catch up with them as much. Like, I know Rod Digger. I've met Word. her several times. But during the scene... We didn't catch up with them as okay. much. But, like, yeah, so, like, Fuji's was out there, too, wasn't Fuji's they? Fuji's was yeah, out yeah, there, yeah. yeah. But that's a little ahead of the so team, that, too. They, was, they ahead, was pretty on at that time. Yeah, but, I mean, I still was able to run into Fuji's quite okay. a bit. Strong and Bobito, the worldwide famous radio show, um, he hosted a showcase there called, uh, Word, ones were called Words. It was two, actually, Words and All That. Okay. So, I can't remember which one, but both of the showcases had an open mic segment where people put their names in a hat, pick the names. I was always blessed to always get my name picked. That's it was tight. lovely, you know, and it wasn't like it was a trick to it. it <laughs> shake up the fortune. hat right in front, <laughs> boom, you know. So it was a thing. Which one particular night, I'm like, wow, I brought a tape and everything to hand to Barbito, but my name didn't get called. And he's like, you know what? We got time for one more. Boom. Pulls the name out the hat. So I go up. I get to rock. I pass Bob a tape. I didn't know that he would definitely listen to the tape, but I knew on the radio show, if he liked something, he played it off cassettes. Because at the time, this is even before Bobito was actually DJing. Stretch Armstrong was the DJ. Right. He was just a vocal personality. So when Stretch wasn't there, Bob would play tapes, you know? So we knew that. So people would submit tapes to Bobito. So I submitted this tape. Yo, it took less than a week. I got a message on my recorder, basically, like, yo, you know, heard the tape. I'm interested in doing a record. Call me back. I'm just like, wow. I kept rewinding that message. It's the answer machine days, the little right. tapes. You <laughs> tapes know, and but tapes and tapes. I say all that to say, 
before that time, it was very organic in a sense where I was just showing up. I didn't know a lot of people. I was just meeting people on the journey. People like Wordsworth. Word. You know, people like AL Skills. People like Mums the Schema. See, that, and, and that know? was a tight thing about especially that first Lyricist Lounge compilation is that, yeah, they got records from all of the heads that who, who we all knew that was doing it and no had doubt. albums out and all of that. Absolutely. But then they put them songs together like Outside the Lounge, exactly. Bathroom Cypher, exactly. After the Show, exactly. and you just hear like, the cipher culture cypher of the time. Culture. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm in Chicago in cipher culture. No doubt. And being able to connect to that. Yeah. You know, and hearing, oh man, you know yeah. what I mean? That yeah. was that was amazing for my scene to Absolutely. hear that. You know what I Absolutely. mean? Absolutely. No, and we knew at the time that this was something that was celebrated in other places. Right. And we were excited to get to just participate in it on record. And I and you know I had, you know, like, and I'm just I'm hearing these records and I'm and I, I know these personalities just because I know the personalities of the people I cipher with. You know what I mean? Exactly. You hear people's rhymes, exactly. you kind of see, and you're like, damn, I could imagine how many people wanted to be involved in exactly. these situations that couldn't, exactly. and it was right there on the precipice. No you know doubt. what I mean? No doubt. And that, but that was a thing, too, where it's like, I was in that scenario a lot of times, too, where the journey has taught me that, yo, it's not always going to be your turn right. in that same way. Right. You know, it could be your term in a different way in the sense of just being there and witnessing and experiencing that and grasp that. Right. And Proximity that. alone exactly. sometimes is the exactly. thing. Exactly. Word you up. Know, and there's so speaking of that, I would say there's numerous people that were in that proximity then that are doing great things now Absolutely. because of it. You know, Absolutely. so, yeah. I wanted to know, man, like how how has Doom influenced you? You know what I mean? Like, I know that's been a big um big force in your yeah, in your man. world you know what i mean and he's and he's you know his creative force something that i've connected to for years I'm a huge fan Absolutely. of his you know what i mean um doom yo man doom is yo ain't that he's not that cat got that and he never shot that gat clever spot rats face plate glisten he got that and hate for jake snake plissken Y'all got the wrong tape by mistake, listen to it, listen. Crack to save, his cake's missing. Bats to break to take risk and make it prison. Fake this Easily Fake one of the most creative peeps I came in contact with. And not just in a sense of just plain blatant creativity. In a sense of literally being a, the epitome of method to the madness. Word. You know what I'm saying? Where... When I met Doom originally was through the music, right. through KMD. You know, it's like Science of Life was huge fans of KMD and the aesthetic that came with it. And just what they were bringing to the table was this intellectualized coolness, right. you know, where it's like, yo, you could actually be smart and have knowledge and be cool. And now they they were, they had a, a, a spiritual system to it. It wasn't 5% though, it was something else. Ansar, Ansar community. Ansar, I don't know yeah. about Ansar. So Ansar is the Islamic school of the Nuwapian nation of okay. Moors. Okay. So Dr. So York, science. Dr. Malakazi okay. York. Yeah. So like, yeah, on the beginning of the Peach Fuzz video where they're right. all dressed in white. I yeah. eat no pork, so why can't I be as smooth as my man Dr. Dr. York? Yeah. Exactly. So that's that science. It was um, the Islamic school of that. But um, yeah, I mean, we were attracted to that just because that's what we were on. Right. That's what we were reading. That's what we were in tune to. So it was easy to recognize, 
get familiar and resonate with the vibes, Word you up. know? And then the jazz as well, that made it even more solid, Word you up. know? But yeah, I was introduced through KMD. First time I saw Doom literally performing was at the New Eurekan with a stocking cap over his face. Oh, this is before the mask. Before even. the mask. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And this was at the time when uh, he first put out records with Fondalum. Right. You so know, they were like uh, green So this backs. is literally, yeah, yeah, around that era. I see Doom performing and me and my partner, Inspector Willoughby from Science, we're going back and forth on whether or not that's Zev Love X from KMD. Word. And I'm like, yo, that's totally him. You can't <laughs> hear it. Like, yo, I know that voice, the cadence, the, you know, just the whole style. And eventually we learned it was him. Soon later, we got to meet him, but we didn't really link link until yeah. moving to Atlanta. Okay. Because he was living there at the same time. And that's where we really connected, you know, just on off time, really linking up, breaking bread, building, not necessarily on music, just life and regular things. And it got to a point where I started to realize how much of a scientist this guy was in mm-hmm. a sense where, you know, he had a method for everything, whether it was writing and, you know, feeling a little blocked. He might mop the floor and play a video game and, uh-huh. you know, do something that makes him move and takes his mind off of what he was doing, only to come back to it feeling refreshed. And at one point, I thought it was weird until he explained what he was actually doing. And then I saw him do it multiple times. Like, uh-huh. Oh, wow. That's what's happening. Like, this, this is actually a thing. Word. You know, and things that he taught me about writing, like how to separate john robinson from little side you know one of his things because that's really where me using my given name came from he inspired it um with the project that we were working on at the time i wasn't really loving the idea because i didn't necessarily want to rap in my given name at the time i didn't get it i wasn't comfortable with it he was like yo you tell me what you think, but I think the best way to separate John Robinson and Cy, he said, yo, when I hear Cy, Cy raps in the booth like he's live on stage. Uh-huh. You know, he said, John Robinson, instead of rapping in the booth, thinking about speaking to everybody all at the same time, rap in the booth, speaking to the whole world, one person at a time, sitting in a chair in front of you. Conversation. And boom. And really, he said, with JR... Leave the ad libs off as much as possible because people don't talk with ad libs. Right. Like for real. And when he said that, it was like, wow, you know, simple. But it allowed me to make that difference pretty quickly outside of just the terminology, et cetera. When I went back to the Science of Life records, yeah, Psy is more aggressive and he's rapping more, you know, lively on the mic. JR, more laid back, more conversational, more one on one, you know. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, 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 things like that. And there's, I could go down the list. There's a lot of other things, but yeah, Doom is a scientist and he's the real deal, man. And it's, it was a blessing to ever connect. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely, That's full circle man. for me. So 